Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. I'm Karen Nowicki, and I'm very excited to have back with us again for a second time, hopefully more, right? Yes. Michael Pedersen, who is a business growth strategist, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much. It's so great, especially knowing that I live 10 minutes away, so I'd love to be a regular all the time. We were just talking <laughs> about that. And you've been in Chandler for how long? Um, two and a half years. I moved. Uh, we raised our kids in Cave Creek, way up north, and Such then, a great I, then place. I moved into Scottsdale for a year. Did not like it at all, and then down here, I'm I'm in love. I'm oh, two, so mi- two minutes from everything I need, so I'm good. Yep, I've been here since '79, which I shared I with you. Grew up in the Tempe area. Crazy, yeah, wow. and um, I'm happy to have the studio in, in Tempe now, living in Ahwatukee. Uh, I believe that you were a guest on Tycoons of Small Biz, so yeah, we have Landon awesome. and Austin to Austin thank was for amazing. that. Yeah, yeah was and amazing. was it just the two of you that day? Just Austin and I. Yep. Good. Yep. We have three other hosts that co-host with Austin, kind of rotate, and sometimes oh. it's it's just Austin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we're grateful for having them. Uh, I think they hit their hundred. 10th show recently and That's really a milestone. it's that a is, huge milestone yeah. yeah so let's get to know you as if you've never been here before because mm-hmm. our listeners are different from what tycoons uh, gathers on behalf of what they're always shooting for to, for their listeners tell us about michael Pedersen and how you found your way to becoming a business growth strategist we have up to an hour so talk yeah, away well i don't want to go i mean i could go all the <laughs> way back to age 10 but you could. Uh, well, well, and That's, every, you were a business. You started a business at ten. Well, not start. Well, I guess you could say, yeah. I was. Uh, I took a lawnmower. I was from a family that you know. My dad passed away when I was four, and my mom remarried a pretty tough guy, and we had no money. And so I wanted money, and I wanted it from a young age. So at the age of ten, I just turned ten. I started pushing my walking my lawnmower down the neighborhood. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> Mr. Johnson, would you want your lawnmower? No knock, knock, knock. And then all of a sudden I'd get one. And it's kind of cool to think about this, but back then I was getting five bucks a yard and that yard would take mm, an hour to two hours. But think about this. So if we factor in inflation and that was long, I'm old. That was a long time ago. That was 45 years ago, something like that. Anyways, think about that now. Think about a 10 year old boy. I am a boy, 10 year old boy. What would that 40 bucks a yard, 50 bucks a yard? Like, so I was making good, and I was doing about three yards on Saturday, so I'd have fifteen bucks. And Sunday I would go, eh, either I take it off, or if I felt if there was something I wanted, Converse shoes or something, I would go on Sunday and mow a few more. And my mom was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I, I want to make money." And so that was my start of being an entrepreneur as ten years old. Wow. Yeah, that's so. that's owning a business at ten. I, I mean, maybe not a you know business as we we would structurally I, I was, I was call it. Self-employed, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I was awesome. an entrepreneur. <laughs> so good. And so when you came in, you gave me this wonderful gift: unlock rapid growth in your business, uncover hundred thousand dollars in your business in less than forty-five minutes. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about this, and then I know you've got you excitedly shared book. you've got a big book coming a big out. Book. This book I co-wrote with some other consultants. Okay. And it's just really, really a cool book. It's it's 10 revenue strategies for businesses and really small businesses, mid-sized businesses that show show them how they can grow their revenues without spending any more money on marketing. And that's a really key right there is a lot of people are like, God, I've tried Facebook ads. I've tried Google ads. I've tried all these things. And these marketers come in and sell me these next, these tactics, right? And that book is all about strategy. And that's that's, I really fall back on strategy. And as a consultant to small businesses, you have to have strategy. The tactics can come into play later, 
but you have to have sound strategies first to build your and grow your business. And so those are 10 growth strategies, super simple. A lot of people would look at those and go, yeah, well, I would, are you doing them? I would ask, are you doing them? And <laughs> yeah. it would be probably no on all 10 of them. So, you know, and that's sad because, you know, there's, we're going through some crazy stuff. And yet again, here with the economy, you know, I mean, financial stuff, businesses are dying. And uh, I was, I will go back to my childhood on this one as well. Um, and I think this is a cool story. I don't know how old I was, probably again, 10, 11, 12, I, from a super small town in Oregon, uh, Newburgh, Oregon. So anybody out there from Newburgh or know the Willamette Valley, there you go. Very small town. It was population 8,000 when I lived there. It's only 20,000 now. Hmm. Little, yeah. right? Little, little, little. And businesses would come in and I would go, oh, mom, mom, look at that. Look at that. I, I noticed it at this young age. We drive down the street and I go, what? what? And I want to go up to the window and look in at like 10 or 11 years old. And six months later, they're gone. Small town. Yeah. And I would tell my mom, I go, they're gone. Mom, they're gone. What's the deal? I don't know. You know, my, I don't know. And, and that spurred on my kind of my support of local businesses, my curiosity of business mm-hmm. way back then. It, I was like, it, it saddened me. And here we are 40, 50 years later, right? Where these things happen and either people can, I don't want to sound harsh here, but you can play the victim, right? And yeah. kind of really roll over or roll up those sleeves. And if you really want it, you, you can you can survive this, but you have to be smart, strategic about it. And I drive by these strip malls all over the valley, empty, 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 horrible, just horrible. And a lot of those businesses were what? Family-owned businesses. Yeah, yeah. So, a dear friend of mine. Uh, horrible. Her in-laws opened a donut shop, which was a, a small a fran- a franchise uh, at the Chandler Mall right mm. months before uh, COVID hit. And as you can imagine, like so many of these families and individuals, you know, saving up and preparing for purchasing that business, either brick and mortar on their own or a franchise or licensed partner, whatever. And and the timing of this for so many Horrible. people, um, even if they had 10, 15 years ahead of it, right? The the pandemic was just um, a screecher for people and this family dumped all their money into it and, and ended up having to close it. Devastating. That's painful. painful. It's just so painful to hear that. It can, really is. Yeah. Can we go back to the book? You mentioned, of course, this is strategy based. There's 10 great strategies in here. And then, and you spoke to, you know, I, and I'm sure I'm the same. If I were to look through this and read it, I'd go, yes, oh gosh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And then I'd have to come back around, right, and read it again and say, what of these things are Daryl and I implementing on a regular basis? And we're likely going to find holes. From your experience as a, a specialist, we, why are we not doing what we need to be doing? I talk about this in my new book all, all the time. People are comfortable. They're comfortable where they're at. And I have a whole chapter on getting out of your comfort, comfort zones because people are just familiar. Like, oh, okay, this is how I do it. This is how I've done it for 10 years. This is how I've done it for 12 years. It's just, it's comfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable, but you know, there's that phrase and I'm not, I'm going to steal it from somebody else. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you know, getting on a podcast like this, that's, that's knocking on a door. Like, you know, you've got a complimentary business down the street and you've driven by it a bunch of times. How about go in there and introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Joe down the street yeah. and I've got this business over here and you know, Hey, we should, you know, refer each other. That's part of, that's in the book. I love it. So I have a 14 year old. I mentioned that before we went on air and he is uh, going into high school next year. 
Uh, he is a great athlete naturally, and I've also encouraged him. Oh yeah, and you're you've got a great athletic past yeah, as well, yeah, right? A lot, that a lot, lot of, of a lot of, uh, attributes and contributes to who you are today. That's what that whole my whole book talks about yeah. that as well. Okay, yeah. the new yeah. one coming out. Yep. Good. Yep. Yep. So my kiddo, um, ha- he's involved in wrestling right now and um, and baseball. Oh my goodness, yes. And so three hours of training in the morning with wrestling, three or four days a week, and and two hours of baseball. That's been going on for five weeks already. And we get to the third 14. or fourth day. We get to the third or fourth day, and he's depleted. He's tired of getting beat up by the upperclassmen, mm-hmm. and especially in wrestling. And, and he's wanting to walk, and he's wanting to quit, or he's not wanting to go. And I keep saying to him, buddy, give yourself two weeks. You've got you've to be uncomfortable long enough that you can find the new comfort zone because here are all the benefits. You You're going to know upperclassmen. You're going to have—I mean, he's in great shape. You're going to be in amazing shape. You're going to— have an, an end to these sports if you decide to try it after all, and all those things. Getting him through that threshold of the discomfort has been very difficult because his body's fatigued, his mind is fatigued, he's he's missing out on, you know, screen time, sure. has to wake up early, all those things. And so I sent him a, a text this morning, a little meme, and it said, it's a guy on a bike, and it says, 20 seconds of insane courage is all you need, right, to step through the threshold of discomfort. And then after that, the rewards are great. We just need to get through that little tiny step to get to the next little tiny step. Is he a reader at all? He used to be for a long time. I insisted. And David now Goggins can't hurt me. Oh, oh. David Goggins I can't. That. I quote him in, in my new book several times. That guy, he, he's he got a mouth. Yeah, that's he's, all right. So does my son. So I love I. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. okay, can we cuss on this show? You, you are welcome to if, if it suits you. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have invited me on that one. That's because my book is, has that in it too. I'm like... I, yeah. It's a no BS book, but here's the thing, um, David Goggins. It's all about that mindset. Yeah. It's that that will to get past all that pain, that psychological pain, the physical pain. This guy is a beast. Yeah, he is a. I think your son would can't what hurt me. What is the name of it again? Can't hurt me. Yeah, I love David it. Goggins, black guy who is one of my. I'm not a fanboy, and I'm not, but wow. Yeah, like he's the man. He is, and I just. And a lot of what he says, I've kind of been through in my life athletically with some almost career-ending injuries that the doctor said, it's over. And I said, yeah, no, no, it's not over. It's definitely not over. And, you know, in business, a couple of times, same, same thing, all the way. Have you owned a business yourself all oh, through your life? Oh, I've been, I, I haven't had a boss since I was 21. And I'm 58 now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm anti-corporate, unemployable. Fill in the blanks there. Yeah, I, I do my own thing. Yeah. That's just how it works for me. Very good. So let's talk a little bit more about the new book. You've dropped a couple of hints, and I, I want to hear about it. Uh, when it will when it, will it be available, and what is what are the benefits of reading it? What are we going to find? Oh, it's a, wow. It's a gritty book. Gritty. Um, Love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's called Dominate Your Market, and it's got a sub-headline to it as well, No BS Strategies to Improve Your whatever it's it's i don't i don't promote it too much on here i want to give some value to the listeners but at sh- de- depending on when this show airs it's going to be on amazon on friday mm-hmm. well we're we're live right now okay. uh, as our as are all of our shows and awesome. then i will have it turn around as a podcast and probably tomorrow or the next day oh, that's so a, that's yeah. amazing yeah. yeah it's uh so friday it'll be out friday will be out yeah and i got a author website we'll talk about that later i don't want to sure i, I want to bring lots of value if i can yeah, so it's good. uh no it's it's just all about there's so much involved with your mindset as a business owner, as a human being in relationships, you know, and again, I'm not going to say I'm experts at any of that thing, but I've read 
250 business books. I've read over 200 self-development, personal development books. Mm-hmm. I'm a junkie for it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm all about the mindset. And I think a lot of CEOs and business owners, which that's my target market for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's probably written in an aggressive tone to where it might sway towards men maybe because it's very aggressive. The beginning of the book, I say, if you're looking for empathy or compassion, don't buy this book. This is book. not the book. <laughs> this is not the book. Yeah. This book is full-blown own your shit. And is that how you work with your clients as well? Yes. It's just, there's no BS zone. Let's get in, do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't think we don't live in a society for, to be successful, you've got to be relentless. And that's, I don't know if you can read that. Yeah. It's on my body yeah. currently. So relentless is a big word for me. It's a huge word for me. Actually, I just trademarked Be Relentless for a clothing line. So it's in the process right now. Um, and I did. I should have bought. I should have bought a shirt for both of you guys. Um, next time. Next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> relentless is a big, big word, right? It's just that pit bull, that grinder, that just stay in there. And you know what? Nothing's ever smooth in anything. Yeah. I don't care if it's a relationship, business, family. It doesn't matter. It's 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 like this. So you gotta weather the storm. And you know, and there's everybody. A lot of people say the same things. I've got a different twist on it because it's a little more on the aggressive side mm-hmm. uh, and the no bullshit side. So uh, I'm definitely more the guy that's like, let's own your shit. Let's just get going here. Come on. Like, no more excuses. Don't tell me all the circumstances. Just let's get going. And yeah. then, so a, a big a big word for me is the word desire. That's a huge word for me, right? Because if you don't have desire for whatever it is, you're going to have a difficult time being successful. Because that desire is that inner, that's that, that deep, that goes into your why and all those other things, right? So desire is a big, big word for me. And I, I try to relay that on to anybody I talk to. It's like, how strong is your desire? How bad do you want this? Well, on a one to 10, how bad do you want it? If you're an eight or below, go reevaluate what you're doing. You better be a nine or a 10. Mm-hmm. If you're not a nine or a 10, then you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. So then they're at a nine or a 10. How do you work with them? From that point forward. Oh, well, then we start digging into the business. Then it's full-blown. What, what are your immediate challenges? What, where do you feel like the bottlenecks are? Where do you feel like the revenues could be higher? You know, and you, we just start diving into that. But it all starts all with what I call a market-dominating position. Mm-hmm. And that's, at, that's in the books well. But it's all about differentiating. And everybody says that, right? But nobody really digs deep enough to come out with something that's just, Wow. And everybody has it. Every business has it, but you you have to get. And so when I consult with a client, I consult with their whole entire company and team sometimes. And whether it's Zoom or whatever, it could be 20, 30, 40, 50 people. And we're all brainstorming on what makes you guys different. And tell me from a value to your customer, mm-hmm. not your features, not something like, well, oh, we've got Wi-Fi in the, no, no. What's the value to the customer? And I keep digging and digging and digging until you come up with something. And when you come up with something that everybody goes, wow, that could set you apart and that could double your revenues. Do you ever hear them say, we've always known this, we just haven't had a way to articulate it? <laughs> well, nobody, nobody really thinks about it that much. Yeah. They're in business and, you know, God bless all the business owners out there. They're grinding away. They've got their business. I don't, HVAC, this, doesn't matter what it is. And they're in it, they're, especially the, the business owner, the CEO, they're in it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not ever working on it. They're always in it wearing all those hats. Well, you need to step back and work on it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that means get out of the, the, the minutia, get out of the daily stuff. And really, and that's where like a, a consultant or a coach comes in yeah. and pulls them out of that and says, listen, let's talk about higher level stuff here. 
And that, that's how you really get deep into a business owner or a CEO that can get themselves out of the weeds. Great. How long do you work with clients? Is it, is it a, a long-term or does it depend? Well, well, I definitely kind of I hint uh, a 12-month engagement because if, you, if somebody is going into it with a short-term mentality, it's probably not a fit for me. And that kind of tells me where they're at. Sure. Now, if it's financial, I get that, right? But, you know, you can always work out your fine. It's so funny. I had a, a mentor of mine. I've got several mentors. And I have my own coaches, by the way. So I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And I invest a lot of money in them. A lot of money. But they, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. Mm-hmm. Right? So even when it comes to money, you know, you know, you know, this investment is X dollars. I just don't have that. I No way. Well, let me go back to how bad you want this. On a 1 to 10, where are you at? If it was a 10, wouldn't you do anything, whatever it took to get that? Probably, right? Or let, let me ask you this. Would you say you're a good parent? Not you, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, so if your child needed whatever they needed, would you do whatever it takes? Yes. Why wouldn't you do that in your business? What's, yeah. the, what's the difference? Now, yes. Should family be more important? Of course it is. But that correlation is very, very intense to think about for a minute and go, because my business provides for my family. So my family is number one, mm-hmm. but my business provides for my family and hopefully builds a legacy and whatever. So, hmm, that they should be right about here. So if you're a 10 with your children or your family, why don't you attend with your, your business? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you got to go back and reevaluate. Take a day trip, two-day trip, go up to Sedona, wherever you're going to go, and deep, think deep about why am I not a 10? And if you're not a 10 and you can't come up with the answer, yeah, maybe do something else. Tell us about a time in your life, either um, growing up as an athlete or even just as an entrepreneur, where you may have struggled with mindset and had to really mm. tap in deep into being relentless and gritty. Is there, have you, I, I know for me, it's one of the things I'm known for is just, you know, tenacity and just going after it. Or kindred state. souls in. There you yeah, go. And, and I'm always the one who says, and you said it earlier, I'm not perfect, not anywhere near perfect. I just am very um, aware of my journey in self-development and have a great self-sense of awareness. So I'm very vocal about where my struggles are. So is there, can you share a a time that you were like, holy cow, okay, I'm, I need to dig deep and I need to find a a way to, to get myself back up to where I need to, to be. Have you, and and maybe you have an, I know I have, but maybe you haven't experienced Dozens of them. them. (laughs) I think anybody that is a risk taker. Or is real. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're a risk taker, which I'm a, I'm pretty much a rebel daredevil kind of dude. Like I might jump off this building. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, but uh, probably one of the biggest ones was in college. I was a division one javelin thrower. My freshman year broke the freshman record up at Oregon state, all time freshman record qualified for the NCAA championships and missed being an NCAA all American by three spots as a freshman. Mm. Great. Awesome. Cool. Next year I was projected to be top eight in the country, all American, all the stuff. The last run through of our, spring practice before the meets even started, track meets started, I blew up my knee. And when I say blow up my knee, a lot of people don't understand the anatomy of the knee and how bad I did it. But there's four ligaments that keep your knee together. There's two, one on either outside, which keeps your leg from going like this. And there's two that crisscross. Those are called cruciate ligaments. They keep your knee from going like this back and forth. I tore three out of four off the bone, Hmm. off the bone. So it literally, the, the orthopedic doctor, who was the orthopedic doctor for the basketball team, big guy, big name guy, Richard, Dr. Richard Crunk, probably not around anymore. He came in and my knee blew up like a basketball. He's one of the people who said, you're done. Oh, he did a stress test and he, was, he just took my leg and it just went everywhere. 
And he goes, you have no chance of ever competing again. And I was just like, I was going to be an NCAA All-American as a sophomore. I was devastated, crying. I had the whole track team around my training table. I had like 50 people around the table. He said that, and I said, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. And I said it with tears running down my, I did. I said, you're wrong. The very next year, I threw. I qualified for the Pac-10 championships. I almost made the NCAA. Off we go. Amazing. So yeah, that was a that was a big one, and that was that easily could have been one where I'm like, oh, well, he says I'm done. I guess I'm done. Mm -mm. The best thing you can tell somebody like a person like me is, because we'll flip the middle finger at you and say, yeah, watch me, yeah, watch me. And I've done that seven or eight times in business, a couple of times in personal. So yeah, but that was probably one of my bigger stories that's that's in the book too that I get pretty intense about. So how important would you say that an entrepreneur, business owners Nutrition and physical health and well-being, how important is that? I mean, to me, it seems like part of what you probably bring into your uh, consultancy. And, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I was a private fitness trainer for 20 years. So, so I went from retiring from track and field, almost made the Olympic Games and the decathlon for Canada. Mm -hmm. My partner got the bronze that year. So, and again, when I say almost made it, it, it what does that mean, right? I mean, I was like, Frank, I was in top four or five in, in Canada. So when I retired from that, I thought, okay, what do I do? I got a degree in exercise physiology. Fit. I've worked out since the age of 10. I literally was in my basement at 10 years old lifting weights. Way back, nobody was doing that. Nobody did that. And so I thought, well, exercise physiology, sports, fitness trainer. Oh, okay. I'll try that, I guess, right? And I didn't want to have a boss, so I, I'll try that. Well, I, got, I was doing some fitness modeling for Nike and did a, uh, an infomercial that was seen all over the world, 50 countries all over the world uh, for a fitness machine. Really, really cool. It was very, very fun. And then along at the same time I was doing the fitness modeling, I, I did uh, the training. And the training definitely, what the people I ended up working with was male CEOs, and I just kind of fell into it. Alpha male CEOs in their homes. I never trained in the gym because I, they told me, we're, we're, we're going to take a 50% cut. And I think I was like 27 or 28, and I go, yeah, why are you taking a cut? <laughs> You take 50% of what I make. And I said, that's not going to work for me. And then I found some guy that was driving around Portland, Oregon in the homes, a trainer. And I go, tell me what you're doing there. And he told me, and I go, ooh, I kind of like that. So I created a relationship. Here's what, same thing in the book. I went to, I thought, okay, how can I get people to find me and know about me? Create a relationship with a local fitness equipment store. Mm-hmm. Right, because they're going to get the equipment. They're going to buy it because they can afford it. They want to work out. So I went went straight. Yes. That, that, that literally, the, within the hour of that idea, I went down to Beaverton, Oregon Fitness Store within an hour of the wow. idea. Drove, went down there, went in there, and they said, well, what are you all about? And I think I went in with a tank top, and I was like, it was just when I was <laughs> Pumped done. up in the parking lot before you walked in no, there. <laughs> no, no, but I was just all, you know. And he, long story short, we created this relationship, and the first client he sent me, the gentleman had sold his company for $60 million, had a $4 million home on the river yeah. um, between Washington and Oregon, the Columbia River. Uh, yeah, Columbia River. Um, went into his home. He tested me a couple of times. Like, sure. you know, why are you in my home? And I said, you need me more than I need you. Take a look at yourself. And I went like this. <laughs> and he was like, who are you? Yeah, especially the age and having I don't just care. met. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Like, And that he said, you got me right there. Yeah. And so like two years later, he said, you remember that time when you first met me? You got my respect right there. And from there, he referred another CEO, another one. So I was training men in their homes. Yeah. And they were a physical mess, a mental mess. Marriages were broken. Yep. And I was in there just going, what is going on? And the, the, the wives 
with seeing therapists, all of them yep. across the board. So I'm like, this is broken. And at that young of an age, I didn't really dive into the develop, self-development stuff and the mindset stuff like I am now. But I look back and I go, what is going on? And that's in my book. I talk a lot about fitness, health, personal well-being, mindset, your body links to your mind. Nutrition's a huge part of that. Um, exercise is a huge part of that. And if you look across the board, you know, we are the heaviest, one of the heaviest countries in the world. Mm-hmm. We are. And, and it's not getting any better. Right. Fast food, you know, remote work, you know, computers, everybody's sedentary. Box breakfasts. <laughs> no. When, when Michael was walking and I was finishing up my <laughs> breakfast and I gave him a peace sign as he could, come on in, I'm finishing breakfast. Yeah. No. Yeah. But no, no, it's super important. It's yeah. without your health, you have nothing. Right. And health and nutrition and right, the right amount of sleep has everything to do with how to manage your mindset, especially when you're stressed. And, and most of us throughout this pandemic and, and oh. just where we're, where we're headed uh, really business-wise, a lot of us have been feeling the stress in, in many different, uh, you know, coming at us many different ways. And so uh, it's great to hear that you're an advocate. It sounds like you're a holistic business strategist. It's not just marketing. It's not just, you know, systematic thinking and planning and strategy. It's also, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you taking care of your mind? Let's, let's get you in the right direction so that you can, as you said, leave a legacy for your family you, and you le- love it. the life that you have. You nailed it. And it was w- weird because when I started writing the book, I thought, okay, this, I want this book to be so energetic and inspiring and motivating, right? Mm-hmm. So when I wrote it, I thought, okay, there's 100 business, 500 business books out there. Well, what do I want? Well, what, what, what makes me who I am? Self-development, success mindset, growth mindset, fitness, growing businesses, growing revenue. So I put all of that in one book. Mm-hmm. I literally crammed it all in 200 pages in one book. And I really felt like I had not seen a business book out there like that. I really thought, boy, I kind of put a lot of cool stuff in here. I, I want people to grab it and I want them to go, who the hell is this guy? Hmm. Literally go, who is this guy? Right. Yeah. And that's, and it's such a, it's such a gritty edgy book, you know, and that's, that's why I put the thing together. And it was, um, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. So who do you need to get in front of then? What, what is next for you? When you talk about the book, uh, getting ready to launch on Friday, who is it that you looked, I know you mentioned CEOs, of course, and, and business leaders, small to medium sized businesses. Yep. Yep. That's still your target and, and who for you sure. know that you can work best with. Well, it's it, first and foremost, gro- growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Got to have a growth mindset. If you don't yeah. have a growth mindset, it's that's that's not a real good fit fit for me, mm-hmm. right? So, um, if you're if you if you've got like a scarcity mindset, or if you're if you're like uh, if you think you're going to, uh, there's a phrase I say to business owners, and they don't like this. And I say this to them: I go, you can't save your way to success. You can't save your way. Save your way to Tell success. Tell me about that. What does that mean? Well, everybody wants to cut back. Ooh, cut back oh, on marketing. Cut yeah. back on this. Cut back on that. You know all these things. And you can't save your way to success. You know, you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your business. You have to do it wisely. Of course, you have to do it wisely. But I think a lot of people have that scarcity mindset. Hmm. They're not growth minded. And that's, and I've really kind of sifted through a lot of phone calls that way and found out that it wasn't a good fit. And I've, I've turned away a lot of, you know, and again, not saying this from any kind of a ego standpoint, but it just wasn't a fit for me. I just knew chemistry wise, it wasn't there. And at this stage of my life, I really, I, and that's what the book too, is I want to, when I meet somebody, I'm, I'm going to give it to them and say, read this book. And if you drive with it, let's talk. Mm-hmm. Because, because if you get through my book and you can make through it, okay, then we got a shot at talking. If yeah. you get offended or you get 
butthurt or whatever from the book, then probably not a good fit. If, if somebody comes to you and they already have the, the mentality and they're not going to be offended and they're ready to do the work, why do they need someone like you? You know what I'm getting at? Like for, so for, just for me as an example, and I realize I'm not your, your target, I spent about a year and a half in, in chaos and trauma working through a personal situation and, and was the first couple of years oh, of my business. And Daryl and I are now two years post that just about and, and having to step out of scarcity mindset. It was a big shift for me to get out of survival mode and into thriving has been this little, you know, this dance back and forth. And I feel like I'm finally on my way with his help. And of course, my coaches and guides and a, awesome. a great clientele. So when someone reads the book and or, and or they resonate with you, someone's referred you to them and they already have that, then then I know your job is is uh, that much more exciting because you can drive them to that next level. Yeah. Is that, is that what takes place? They just, they yes. may need to have that, that other voice, that outside person guiding them. When you're in the weeds, it's so hard to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. And, and there's a book, um, what's the gentleman, Stu Heineke, Weeds. I, I don't know if mm. that, the whole title is Weeds, but mm -hmm. it's a, it's, it's an interesting book. Uh, we connected on LinkedIn and I, I think he's, I'm going to send him one, my book as well, but just think of Weeds and then his name is Stu yeah. Heineke. Um, he's on LinkedIn. He relates, you know, the, the, the spread of weeds, right? Yeah. And, and, he, and he turns it into a marketing book, which I thought was really, what the hell? That was super, super interesting, right? But it's, it's when, you, when you look at it that way and you think of a growth mindset of somebody, you, you can really, when you pull yourself out of the day-to-day, -day, okay, so think about this. Michael Jordan, probably the best basketball player, and people might listen, might say, oh, LeBron, you know, Kobe, whoever. The best basketball player ever in the he had many coaches, the best athlete in the world, right? What does that tell you? Does that mean that if you're a CEO of a $10 million business, you know it all and you mm -hmm. don't need a coach or a consultant? Probably not, right? And, and, there, and there's, there's, there's holes in your, in your business, right? And, and you, you may not know them. And if you're so close to them and you're, all your, your team members, they're, they're holding on that job. They're doing the, probably the best, hopefully the best they can, right? But who's filling in those holes? Who's filling the leaks, right? Mm -hmm. It takes somebody outside the business to come in and pull that, that business owner out of there, right? Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it is even if you're successful, if you're happy where you're at, God bless you and keep, keep going. Doing it. Keep going. But most people are not, you know, and, and a lot of them are, are barely surviving and that's a whole different ball game, right? And that's not typically who I work with, you know, because they're really having a hard time and don't have much budget. Um, I'm more than happy to get on the phone and give them some strategies, like even from that that book right there. More than happy to do that, right? But I know that they, you know, wouldn't be probably a good fit professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that you are looking to be a guest on more podcasts, which we're thrilled about because we can continue to, this to help. This podcast make that is amazing. I'm so glad. Yeah. And the setup, I'm like, it's one of, one of cameras 50, everywhere. Yeah. Like, one, of, <laughs> one of 15 uh, podcasts out of this studio alone, which is great. And so wow. we have a broader network. That's yeah. Crazy. And you've already had a chance, of course, to meet Austin and, and be on Tycoons of Small Biz. Who else needs to hear about what you're doing? Are you, is there, do you speak? As well publicly or like what's... You know what's funny about the speaking? I've had so many people throughout all my life say, mm -hmm. you are you should be a motivational speaker. You should, you've got it. The, mm -hmm. the energy, the passion, the all of that, you know, the the power of the voice or whatever, even though I slur my words and I talk fast and people say, what do you, what do you say? What do you say? But um, I want to get into speaking. I do. And so the book 
at the end talks about that a little bit. And then my author website talks about speaking as well, even though I've not done much of it. Yeah. Bring it on. Well, you have. Go. I mean, it, obviously, in the in the way, obviously, that you've just shown not, up in your life. Yeah, just not in front of people more, too much. Maybe less strategically to position yes. yourself as a speaker. But so, speaking is definitely on, on the good. bucket list for sure. Very good. For sure. Okay, well, we'll need to get you in touch with Jane Powers. <laughs> She'd be a great person for you to connect with to help uh, to advance you in that in that way. What else can I ask that I haven't thought that you thought on your way here today that, gosh, I, I would really like to share the story or to mention? Well, I just, you know, value to, to people listening. I mean, it's, it's, there's so many things like when I talk about that market dominating position, that, that really is a foundation to a business to set yourself apart. So even from this podcast, please, anybody listening, go back to your team. What makes us different? And it's got to be something that's really up there as far as the benefit to your ideal customer. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like a unique selling proposition, USP, right? Mm-hmm. That's almost like a lateral statement. A lot of times when people say a USP, it's very close or similar to a lot of their competitors. I'm talking market, I'm mentioning market dominating position and like my book, Dominate Your Market dominate, right? So, and some people might say, uh, I don't want to dominate. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. That's, and again, that's, that's not a fit for me. I'm the guy that's like, let's, let's crush this thing. Right. So when you think of market dominating position, it's, you've got to dig deep in it. it. Might take a month. It might take a long time. I mean, you don't sit at a table and five minutes later, you, you got it. It takes multiple meetings and I've worked with clients and it took us two and a half months to get that two and a half months and probably six meetings, something like that, six meetings to get that, yeah, to dig in deep like that. I listened to your podcast with Austin and I feel like I remember you telling a story about that, that there was, it took a long time for one company and an owner to, to really land that. And once they did the rest, yeah, the rest was. Uh, well, well, pe- well, people, when they see the message and they see that it's to the benefit of them, that's, that's domination, right? That's like, uh, that's, there's no question who they're going to go to. Right. They're going to go to that business. Because they see it and they're like, "What? Wow, it's on the website. It's on any materials. It's wherever they're using that statement or that that piece. It's it's dominating. It really sets you apart. But when you think of all the dentists, HVAC, plumbing, all the home services, they're all they're basically commodity services, unless they did something like a market dominating mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. And then you know I talk about this a lot in the book, but that customer experience. And everybody you know everybody says again, oh, of course that's important. What are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. And the clients that I work with, they don't, they're not thinking from that mindset. They're not thinking of, of the customer and what that customer really wants, desires, and needs. Mm-hmm. They're not. And then how can we give that to them in such a unique way that when they walk away from that experience, they're like, oh my God, like I went in expecting this and I came out getting all of that. What are they going to do? They're going to tell everybody. They're going to be, they're <laughs> and they're going to come back. They're going to be evangelists for yep. your business. Yep. Yeah. That's one of the things I, I know I was uh, thinking I wanted to ask. Uh, you referred to it as rabid fans. Rabid fans. That's yep. what we're talking about. Yep. There's two forms of rabid fans. There's your own employees and team, right? Oh, sure. Right. Building a culture to where they will take, like, let's say you go back to MDP, market dominated position. You work together as a team, so everybody feels like they're involved, mm-hmm. right? And everybody wants to feel valued, you know, and that's why the great resignation happened. People don't feel valued anymore. They, they, there's no loyalty, you know, and that's why millions and millions of people said, I'm out, I'm out, see ya, goodbye, right? So when, when you involve your team, now they feel valued. When you come up with this market-dominating position, you just created however many employees you have in your company, that's how many new salesmen you, you just created. And fans, to your point. 
Correct. Mm-hmm. And then the rabbit fans on the other side. So you've got the, the team members, employees as rabbit fans, and then you've got the customers as rabbit fans. Mm-hmm. So you've got two different forms of rabbit fans. And it's so power that doesn't, you're not spending any more money on marketing and advertising. That's my whole point. It's not, yes, the company that invests the most to acquire a customer probably will win because they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're in bus stops, they're in billboards, they're, you know what I mean? So that visibility is off the charts, right? But you can you can beat those big competitors with these market dominating positions, creating rabid fans. The customer experience is just top notch. Yeah. Where somebody walks away and says, "Wow, like I did not expect that." Right. So there's there's so many strategies. I mean, I I couldn't cover a fraction of them in here, but it's exciting to me because there's 40 strategies that I use with clients. 40, 40, mm-hmm. and that that can take upwards of three years. Because if you almost think about this, one strategy a month. Okay, let's focus on this one this month. Mm-hmm. We're going to dive in and we're going to go deep on this one. That's one strategy for one month. Well, 40 strategies is how many months? Over three years, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will be like, three years? Like, I got to use you for three? No, you can use me, you know, typically for a year because anything less is not, it's you're setting yourself up for failure. You're thinking, oh, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's several words in my book that I mentioned that people should banish from their mind. And it sounds kind of harsh, but again, I'm the edgy guy that's going to say it. Try, wish, hope. I'm going to try this. What does that mean? I wish this. Well, I hope that. Mm -hmm. Those are very passive mindsets, right? Those are not like, I'm going to. This is going to happen. So try, wish, and hope are three words that I really do not like at all. You know, or like even when it comes to fitness, I'm going to go on, I'm going to go on a diet. That means you're going to go off the diet. I'm going to start this program. Well, that means you're going to stop the program. Hmm. It's that just that mental talk, right? Mm-hmm. Don't say that. I, I am doing this. Not I'm going on it. I'm not starting it. And I know it's semantics. People are like, oh, he's, that's semantics. No, it isn't. Well, it's it, my, it's, yes, to, feeding your brain what it, it needs to hear. I mean, when you, when, I used to always tell these CEOs way back in the day, they would say, you know, give me a diet. And I said, if diets worked, there'd be one. Mm-hmm. And the guy, they guy, would say that one more time. And I said, if diets worked, there'd be one. There, there's, there's a hundred in Barnes and Noble right now. Go to, go to the bookshelves, right? Why, why is another new diet coming out every day? It's common sense. Eat in moderation, portion control, right? Move your body. Move your body. But, but what you eat is what yes. shows up. What you eat is what shows up, right? So whatever you're putting in, take a look before you put it in. Take a quick look at that and just say, okay, that's going on my body. Mm-hmm. Burger, pizza, whatever. Now, am I saying deprivation? No, I'm not. But I'm saying in moderation. Mm-hmm. So if you had a pizza every Friday night, well, that's four pizzas a month. That's 48 pizzas a year. 10 years, that's 480 pizzas. What do you think that's going to do? That's called the accumulation factor. Right. right. And nobody looks at that. They just think instant gratification, Friday night, pizza, let's go. Great. That's awesome. Now, if you're doing a 20 mile bike ride the next day, you're going to burn off that pizza. If the next day you're doing nothing and your routine is nothing, you're storing that pizza. Well, that's 48 pizzas in the the year. Hmm. So just that's that mindset again. It's thinking like, just think with common sense. It, it, it's, does it, people make things even in business and in the health and fitness, they make it so much more difficult than it has to be. Yeah. Simplify, simplify this and just use common sense. Love it. Your mom just came to mind for some reason, so I hope it's okay Aww. that I speak to her. Yeah. Um, it's been how long? Three, three years. It's been three years since she's been gone. Yeah, she 
She passed away May 3rd. Her birthday is May 25th. And Mother's Day is on May. Yeah. So that's a triple whammy for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, I talked to her three or four or five times a week. She was up in Oregon. She had a really, really strongest woman I'll ever meet in my life. No doubt. I will never meet. I will say that. I will never meet anybody stronger. I mean, at the age of 21, she gave birth to her third child and lost her husband mm. at the same time. Same time. At 21. Eighth grade education in a different country. We were born in Canada. Wow. We were in Oregon. She did not want to go back to Canada because of the controlling family. And then she did what she had to do. And she re she married a guy that was not so good right? at all. Yeah. And she stayed with him for until I was a senior, junior, senior in high school. And where are you in the order for kiddos? Middle. middle. Okay. Yeah, so, and a, it was rough for all of you. Yeah. My, my, my sister is five years younger and he, he left her alone. I mean, I don't want to say it in a weird way, but he took yeah. the belt to us all the time treat us like manual labor. We, we, he bought a hundred year old home and we were going to the dump five times a day mm. and we're going again. We're going again. We're going again. The way he talked to us, he was, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So physically and mentally abusive, yeah. not on the sexual side, but, but just as bad, you know? Yeah, so course. my mom, yeah, she, at the end, I think she, that was on her mind. Yep. I didn't want to bring it up. I did not want to bring it up, but I could just tell she was deep in thought. She died of cancer. And it was horrible, horrible. She was a smoker, so she died alone. You know, anybody who's smoking out there, let me tell you, if they would have taken a video of my mom and what she went through for 17 months, $1.2 million was the, the cost. Gosh. Insurance covered 99% of it, but the system, $1.2 And if I were to bring her back now and say, would you do that again? 100% no. Yeah. 100% no. She would be like, just let me wind it down. So. What would she say about you today? God, you're going to get me choked up. Seriously, why did you bring up my mom? This tough. Uh, she was just sitting here on my heart, so I felt like this I needed to. This tough dude is all of a sudden just go. I'm just going to like, oh my god, why did you do that? And you don't have to answer. I just what I what I consistently hear in you is this drive, right? This resiliency, from, this this resonance. Oh, it, it, right, it comes from your mom, the 100%. strength and that she had, and the love that she had for you and your family, and all the things that you all had to endure to become the best version of of who you are. And it sounds like she gave you that gift. That's what I'm hearing. So my apologies for, no, for no, going no, personal. No, she would she would say, "There's no quit in me." She would say, she would say, this, this dude is just relentless, like the word of my body. Um, she used to, you know, all my ups and downs, she used to always say this phrase, you always find a way. Mm. That was one phrase she always would say to me, you always find a way, whether it's you know, entrepreneurial wise, you know, oh boy, revenues are way down. I got two young kids staring at me. I got an at home, you know, wife, you know, I get on the phone with her and she, you always find a way. So that was one of her phrases for sure. She looked at me as a wild Man, for sure. A you wild, know. a wild guy. Yeah, yeah, just just the way I live my life, and um, you know, my brother was a teacher. My sister is uh, uh, very, very religious and was a homemaker. And here I am, the wild card, tattoo and tattoos on the body, and just working for myself yeah. and speaking my mind. And so it, uh, but no, she would. I, I'm sure she's smiling down on me now, and I know she's way better off. So that does make me feel very yeah. good that you know. She she wanted to go at the end because it was so bad. Yeah. So she's she's way better off. I'm sure she's super proud of you. Oh, yeah, that's nice of you. Yeah. So where can we find both books? We can find both books on Amazon. That one's for free. I just give it oh. to. I just when I 
Yay, and we yeah. got one today. No, no I could have I could have brought a bunch more. No, no, that's for free. So that's not on Amazon. Okay. We, that's almost like a kind of a business card. Yeah, but it's not because it's got ten revenue strategies that they can. So it's a pretty Big good yes. business card. <laughs> yeah, darn good business card. Yeah, yes. but um, the other one is dominateyourmarketbook.com. Okay. And I've had a couple of uh, business owners say, "I can't find it," and I said, "Would you put it in the the dress bar? Dominate your market. No, www.dominateyourmarketbook." Dot com. Okay. So you have to add the word book on. Got it. I'm also going to be adding a lot of resources on that website. And there's one quiz that I created on my own mm-hmm. that they can take and get a score. Um, so at the bottom of the website, you'll see, I think it says resources or something. They can also sign up for, you know, my list. But I definitely plan, if people sign up for my list, I'm going to plan on creating things indefinitely for them. Mm-hmm. Free. For free. Very good. That's really cool. Like just go take this quiz. It'll let you know where you're at with your market dominating position or your different phases of, of marketing that you're doing. Um, Cause I do believe it's all about how much value you can bring to somebody. Uh, and I think a lot of people are missing the boat on that, whether it's even on LinkedIn and we can all talk about how bad LinkedIn is in the sense of every connection request I accept. And I have almost 10,000 connections now, probably one out of two pitches me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about that long. Yes. And I'm <laughs> same, like, same template. And I'm uh, like, dude, yeah, seriously, cookie cutter. Yeah. seriously, what do you, come on now. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it definitely, but, um, dominateyourmarketbook.com for sure. And, uh, I'm more than happy to jump on a quick call. You know, I mean, right. 10, 15 minute call if they want to, you know, explore just working together or if they need a little tiny bit of help, I'm more than happy to help for sure. And local businesses really are, it's in my bones, mm-hmm. right? It just, it pains me to just look around and just, I, it, I, it's sad. It's so sad because a lot of these are families. Like you said, you know, that, what was it? The donut shop. Yep. I mean, your life savings, your, you've, it, everything goes into it and then it didn't work. Yeah. You and know. the opposite of that, it's interesting. So when I picked up coffee and breakfast for Delroy and I, uh, today I stopped by Brick Road Coffee House. New uh, members of the local chamber here in Tempe. They're advocates with Local First Arizona. They've been on the show with us. They've become good oh, friends, awesome. good friends of ours. Awesome. And what they've done is they've dominated the market by being this community Ooh, advocate. Absolutely. They've become the community advocate and a safe place for the LGBTQ community. Uh, oh, the owners I are a married it. couple and they're here from California and, and they've, that's what they've staked their claim on. This is a safe place Amazing. to come and be you, no matter who you are, right? Straight, straight, anything in between. It. We just care and love on people. And, and that's how we show up in the world. And so today I just happened to be driving by and I thought, okay, I, I need to grab coffee and breakfast and, and uh, grab something for Daryl. What I didn't know is that, uh, and the line was out the door. First time I've seen it like that. It's always that, crowded. And they've only it. been in business for nine months, Daryl, about. That is awesome. And, and with this whole Roe versus Wade being reversed recently, they've taken a stand to say, we're starting a petition for Arizona specifically around pre- reproductive rights. So... <clears throat> As, as marketing and social media would have it, the word has gotten out. And people standing in line, men and women, were signing the petition, grabbing their coffee and their breakfast, and having these candid conversations around why this is so important that we, you know, rise together. For those who obviously believe in this, it was it was very important. I didn't even know today that that's part of what they're doing. And he said that their, their business has doubled the last couple of days because Double. people are continuing to talk about it. So, They've entered the market as a as the local coffee shop. They stuck they stuck their claim on and dominate the market by saying we are here for love and and light and supporting everybody, no matter who you are. And this is a safe place to come 
for our teens, as well as people just coming out and everything, you, you name it. All their community events have been around it, right? So this is, I think, a perfect example. Market dominant position, for uh, sure. Yeah, to be able to say... This And they've done it in a very short order. And they, of course, they've had the, to go back to your point around having the right advocates and coaches and mentors in place. They have an incredible team supporting them and um, and helping to guide and, and really get that message out over and over and over again. And you know what I'll say about those two things? There's two things about what they're doing. They they were open-minded enough and willing to take a risk. Yep. Because that is a risk. They both have spoken to that. It was, That's a risk. It, yes. It's a big risk, right? Yep. And they got out of their comfort zone to do that. Yep. Comfort zone and risk. There's two things that they did that a lot of the business owners just won't get out of their comfort zone and they're afraid to take a risk, yeah. you know, and you can take calculated risks. You don't have to take a risk where it's all in and you could lose the whole business on this certain thing. No, 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 no. But but get comfortable taking small risks. And as you realize the end of the world doesn't happen, and if you see a little nudge in your revenues, that should open your eyes up to going, maybe we should do more of that. Yep. So what, that's what they did. They took a risk and they got out of their comfort zone, which I, that's two things right there. That and they're continually being uh, I will, pushed I, against I, I their comfort I will give them zone. My, my support. Yeah, you'll have to swing by there. They're on, on Rural and the 60, okay. uh, just on the north, or excuse me, the southeast side, Brick Road Copy. It's a little bit back uh, a ways, but um, yeah, tell them we sent you. It's and Gabe will, and Jesse. They're, you'll, you'll, I love it. They're good people. And I'll, I'll probably put them on my Instagram. Yeah, no, we lo- they'd love that. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll give you some of my coffee or my leftover breakfast. You have a bite. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Michael, it's been great to get to know you. Uh, for our listeners, you can find Mike Pedersen uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. And Instagram, it's um, its.michael.todd. Yeah, there's yeah. dots in there. Yep. yep. But for Twitter and LinkedIn, as well as Facebook, it's Mike Pedersen, P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N, our business growth strategist with a great book coming out that you can find on dominateyourmarketbook.com. And uh, thank you again for making time for, for us today. Thank you for having me. This is, and it's so cool that it's local. And so, and again, I, I support local. So this is amazing. It was very nice meeting you. Likewise. And uh, I would love to have the opportunity to just keep meeting more people like you. We'll, we'll see if we can help do that. That's You've awesome. been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Workspace. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.